The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The following podcast may contain discussions supported by science that may be considered dangerous to some listeners and conspiracy theorists. Discretion is advised. The Three Down Greencast is brought to you by Lucky Bastard Distillers, Saskatchewan's premier distillery, and by the Pilot Bowens Brewing Company, brewed in the heart of Regina. Welcome to the Three Down Greencast. You are listening to the internet's only meat and buns podcast. (laughs) That sounds weird. I'm Joel Gasson with John Fraser as usual, and we totally didn't just come up with the open of this program like a minute ago. Literally, literally during the preamble, <laughs> we we had gone the whole day, and it's it's rare that you text me during the day and be like, "Bro, what the hell's our open?" Mm-hmm. And I'm not gonna lie, with my mind in holiday mode, it's not working at full capacity, nor is it ever really no, working I mean, at full capacity. Yeah. Capacity, but uh, yeah, up until about a minute ago, we had nothing, and then like the heavens opened, and a typical cluster f of a john situation uh the uh we are provided with an open that mm-hmm. involves meat and buns and we're not talking about that one podcast with the woman who did the thing with the other dude for the first time ever that was also about meat and buns mm-hmm. um so we are of course going to talk about uh the writer's loss to the lions um as most i mean it was good in one sense and the fact that I think we can brush aside concerns you may have had about the defense. Yes. So that's a positive. Um, as for the rest of the team, well, I mean, the special teams are fine as usual. Uh, the offense, though, yeah, there's uh, oh, there's a lot to talk about there, both in terms of quarterback, um, in terms of how they're approaching the offense, and uh, how that's probably going to be a problem against the Toronto Argonauts. Uh, big problem. Like, you're an 11-point dog at a neutral site problem so even vegas and, in and, all their uh, infinite, infinite yeah. wisdom is like yeah you're you're in trouble there guys the 10 and a half or whatever i saw that's at that might be generous even considering it was like 9.5 i believe in bc and bc covered that so yeah yeah quite quite easily although in fairness before we get into dogs and buns mm-hmm. that that defense does do enough to be a sneaky cover yeah they do, but I I don't trust the offense to do quite enough to really oh, keep it oh within boy. ten points. That was a that was a horror show. We were talking Tino mm. Sinceri flashbacks. A little bit. I I will get into that a bit, but uh, we teased it enough, I guess. Um, you know, because dogs and buns <laughs> are always a bunch of teases. Um, so what's the situation here, John? It sounds like. In unsurprisingly fashion, for some reason, you are very particular about something when it comes to food. <laughs> Which is funny, because I'm not a picky eater. I'm just, 
No, not I in terms hil- of actually eating, but in terms of like the specifics of eating. Right. Okay. <laughs> so fun fact about me that I'm surprised hasn't come up on any Ask John Anything episodes in the past five years, but uh, I will. I guess only... no one wants to ask you about your sausage. <laughs> Or how I like it. <laughs> or how I will only eat Smokies or hot dogs or sausage or whatever in the proper bun. Okay? I know a lot of people are like, and maybe I just grew up like... Apparently uh, you grew up hoity-toity and never put a hot dog around a piece of white bread. Oh, <laughs> no! You can't! You just like... So like Obviously I'm spoiled that, that a hot dog only fits in a bun. Like, I will not eat... If you offer me a hot dog... And you don't have a proper hot dog bun, I will decline that hot dog. So you wouldn't eat it raw either. <laughs> no, I also wouldn't <laughs> eat it raw. Not in terms of cooked or uncooked, but <laughs> just See, okay. Open okay, to the sa- wind. A sausage I'll eat raw. A hot dog, you need that like bun. You need it betwixt the buns you to don't. really enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> I will I will disagree with that. I think a hot dog, a specifically barbecued, charred to shit hot dog mm. on its own, on just a napkin with some mustard is perfect. Okay, that is the one exception is the charred to shit, preferably over charcoal. Yeah. Barbecued hot dog. Okay, that, I that's will... like a big time memory I have my grandparents. That was one like one of their things they served when we had backyards in their backyard before the barbecues in their backyard sort of before supper was here's a big plate of hot dogs. Here's some condiments. Sorry, we don't have any buns. <laughs> See, but it wasn't part of it because if you're having it before you're eating like burgers or steak or whatever, the buns is unnecessarily filling you up. Uh, also fair. See, I would eat it like that before I ate it in a piece of white bread, a piece of whole grain bread. or I mean, even... Whole grain doesn't work. It's got to be like the only time I've ever really wrapped a hot dog in a piece of bread is when it's, yeah, it's like shitty mass produced bread that never molds. Yeah. But it, it, it still <laughs> leaks through. Then you got mustard on your hands and grease and the taste just isn't right. So I'm very particular about this, but also in while, so tonight for, for supper, as we are in full, like we're leaving the house for a couple weeks, like full clean out the fridge and the freezer mode. So there's not a lot of options right now in my house. So, mm-hmm. You know, a little corn, little smokies tonight for supper. And they had buns. So, again, because of a lack of food selections and me not wanting to prepare anything as we leave in a couple days, um, I started preparing my lunch for tomorrow. And I look and I'm like, okay, there's, there's like dinner buns and I can't find more hot dog buns. So I'm like, okay, here we go. I don't like doing this, but because of us going on holidays right away this is my only option i don't want to spend money on food tomorrow so i cut the the sausage in half and put it on a hamburger bun and packed it up myself for lunch and i feel terrible about it i hate it the ratio is going to be completely off it's going to come like and that's the problem when you like put the rolly thing you have a circular girthy thing between the buns you cut it lengthwise so it's not rolly anymore well no i always cut it like so it's girthy and rolly <laughs> So but if you're better. not putting it in a hot in a like a in the proper shape bun, you cut it in a way that fits into the bun. Okay, so you're saying cut it like cut it basically, cut it right down the middle, and then cut it in half again, and you have like four little like strips basically. Whoa, 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 whoa! 
I've never thought of this before. <laughs> but I guess because I never, like, I, I, I would You've be like, You've clearly okay, never what? creatively had to come up with lunch before because, yeah, sometimes after we make supper and generally my lunch the next day is leftovers. Yes. There's been some scenarios where I'm like, okay, I, we are out of buns. I will eat this and this instead. Or I will just eat a hamburger in a takeout tray. <laughs> right, right. So, see, like, I, I, I am very much like, okay, I'll whip up, like, a quick, like, cheese sauce or I'll, I'll cook some, like, chicken breast like i uh, one of my sneaky talents actually is cooking right so i'll like take my secret barbecue spice throw it on some chicken breast before i like you know compromise on my hot dog and bun or sausage and bun right so that's why i've never really been in the spot so i've never really thought of it doing it that way and it might mean it might like work better because my biggest thing is and i know this is going to happen to me tomorrow at work well actually it won't now because i am going to go upstairs open up my lunch kit and do it your way Mm -hmm. um like i'm just anticipating biting into the dog the other half like yarding out probably on my gray work pants and then i gotta deal with a barbecue stand on my pants at work the entire day and you know what really makes you want to buy an extended warranty from a guy barbecue sauce stains i mean you can play the sympathy card like, <laughs> look, oh, look at this poor guy he can't this guy can't even can't even afford laundry detergent we should uh <laughs> we should get the extended warranty and the undercoating <laughs> <laughs> and give him a hug and take his <laughs> You know what? Maybe I'll, maybe I'll try that. You know what? It is also free ice cream day at work tomorrow, otherwise known as the day where I, lactose intolerant myself, um, intentionally give myself the shits at work because I'm also cheap and can't turn down free ice cream. I'm honestly surprised you never thought of cutting a sausage that way because I've done it the next morning after we had them for supper to make breakfast sandwiches on like a bagel or something. Never. Hmm. Never before in my life because here we thought here we thought we had this great dumb opening plan. It was still pretty good, but ended up being actually very educational for you. But of course, uh, lots of rider news to talk about uh, as they seem to have some education of their own to be doing. Um, Of course, Trevor Harris still out. Mason Fine. We'll talk about his performance. Uh, We'll talk about the offense overall and uh, how it's going to be tough against Toronto in Halifax. Uh, But as usual, John, before we get into all that, for the Pile of Bones Brewing Company, what is in the glass this week? Uh, vodka, just lucky bastard, vodka, lemon, ice, uh, like I said, and I saw even real lemon, it's a real lemon, like the squeeze juice that I Mm. keep there for emergencies, because again, Mm -hmm. trying to keep fruits out of my house so I don't come back to a bunch of fruit flies when I'm back from vacation, so keep it simple, stupid, uh, little lucky bastard bitters, uh, vodka, ice, in a big glass, um, not that I put a lot of vodka in here, but same amount of vodka, but in a big glass so it survives the podcast. Uh, fair enough for me. I have uh, from the multinational brewing company. It is Spruce Campbell. It's Ooh. a spruce tip pale ale that they make, uh, 5.3%. So it's not quite super hoppy like like an IPA, like those old piney IPAs. I don't know if you remember those back in the day. Oh, yeah, I do. People yeah. really used to lean into those. Uh, but yeah, made with local spruce tips and uh, just kind of a little smooth, but uh, it's just a nice little bite as well. Sounds like something that I will definitely enjoy in northern Ontario because there's lots of spruce trees up there. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe I could just, like, make my own, just throw some spruce. In, in fairness, usually the first day I'm back in in Ontario, I get over the stress of um, a 16-hour drive with three children uh, by drinking myself into a blind stupor. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'll just throw some spruce in there and give it a try. Maybe. I mean, uh, some Ryder fans may have been drinking a little bit this past weekend. Um, oh, not boy. so much, I think, because they lost to the Lions. I think, for the most part, that was generally you know, understood that that was likely to happen. Yeah. Um, but as we talked about last week, 
um, this week, last week, this week, and I think even now the week after, considering everything that happened, and you tra- they travel out to Montreal after that. Um, so it's like Vancouver, Halifax, Montreal, with stops in Regina in between. Cool. Uh, um, <laughs> Just a brutal schedule, even if they yeah. were good. Mm-hmm. So it's very much right now in a process over results sort of situation. And if you're looking back at the Lions game, um, I don't know if there's a whole lot of process to be happy about. Obviously, the positive is the defense came to play. Yes, um, absolutely. Vernon Adams Jr. unfortunately getting injured in that game as the, you know, sort of the rash of injuries to starting quarterbacks in this league happens yet again for another year. Sounds like he might be yeah. out short term, though, which yes. is after I saw I sent you some video of him trying to ride the bike afterwards mm-hmm. and thought, oh, God, he's done, too. Yeah, it, it, that one didn't look quite as bad as the Trevor Harris situation, but it still uh, still didn't look very good overall. Um, so but naturally, but I mean, this was a team that for a guy, Jason Shivers, who comes from the Chris Jones School of Defense in the CFL. Uh, for that team to be last in the league in sacks is kind of shocking to see. So the yes. fact that they picked up four and they were in VA and Dane Evans' face most of the night, I would look up the pressures, but who knows if they're correct or not. And so, you know, the eye test, because that's all really we can go off right now for the most part with CFL stats, to me suggested the pressure and the defense and all of that was there. A um, couple blow-ups in the secondary, but, I mean, that BC receiving core is going to happen as good I think you're going to have to accept that a little bit, though they did add Jermaine Washington this week. So maybe that'll eventually sort of help boost the depth in that secondary little bit that is a little banged up itself as well. Um, But outside of the defense, so the defense looked really good, as I talked about. And I think, you know, both of us were sort of maybe low-key a little more worried about it than we were the offense. But now all of the worry is strictly on the offense and... It's one of those scenarios where I don't really know which lane to go in yet as to what the purest problem, what the sort of the root cause is. Uh-huh. Because I think neither of us are necessarily in the Mason Fine is a good quarterback camp. Oh, absolutely not. But I don't think I'm necessarily in the what the riders are trying to do on offense is good either camp. So Mason Fine can maybe be better than he is in the right system, but I still don't know how much of that, you know, how much growth there is available to that if he was in a situation where it was opened up a little more for him. So I'm just kind of stuck in the spot right now where I'm like, I don't believe in Mason Fine, but I think this team also hates offense. What do I think? (laughs) I, to me, I would put it more on Fine than the offense. Um, Okay. You looked at when when Trevor Harris was there, I mean, they definitely weren't world beaters, but there's a method to Trevor Harris's madness, right? When you watch Trevor Harris, even back to his years, and he's always been a really high completion percentage guy because he likes to use those underneath routes. He likes to use the short routes like we saw Mason Fine use at nauseum this weekend. Um and then, and then he can connect on a deep pass or a mid-range pass, you know, to keep guys on their toes and to move the ball down the field. So the difference is, is like you have a offense designed for a quarterback that knows how to read one, two, three. Okay, I'm going to go deep here. Being used by a guy that, you know, stares at his deep targets like me playing flag football going open up, open up, open up. Now I'm going to throw it deep. Oh, I got intercepted again, right? So... I I would put this on fine because I thought the offense with Harris was boring but effective. 
Hmm. Like I, I don't think like like yeah, you have you had the miracle drive against Calgary, and you had you know, and I, I get it. Mason Fine had the hail mary on that, but it, it just struck me as watching the first few games this year that yeah, they're not going to be world beaters. You're not gonna you're not gonna want to get into a shootout with with BC or with with Toronto because you're not going to win it. But it looked like it could win games with Trevor Harris and with BC basically saying, okay. We're going to stop the run. We're going to completely eliminate Jamal Morrow from this game. And we're going to make Mason Fine beat us. And he absolutely couldn't, right? Have you ever seen a more underwhelming 278-yard 31 out of 40 game? Well, no, because usually if you've completed, if you've attempted 40 passes, you're generally at least at 400 yards. Right. And he's at 278 (laughs) because everything was like, and again, like all jokes, all Tino Sinceri jokes aside, this very much reminds me of, and, and in the worst ways, reminded me of Tino Sinceri when he was the Ryder starting quarterback, just never looking deep and never throwing deep and just taking those short passes. So where he'd look... I, I, to a degree, I will say I think Mason Fine is better than Tino Sinceri. Anybody. I th- I'm, I'm better than Tino yeah. Sinceri. Well, you know, but and like, I think... Tino Sinceri made a lot more critical errors than Mason Fine did. Mason Fine's errors kind of came when they had to, for the most part. Yeah. Um, like he 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 tried to stay patient with it, and it never it never worked. So I don't know if that was him making the decisions to throw there, or that's what the plan was. But either way, I I would say I I don't think like sure stylistically and maybe in terms of I know you posted the pictures, you know, motion wise, <laughs> there may be some similarities there. But I, I, I'm not willing to put Mason Fine in Tino Sinceri category yet the keyword being yet i just i thought just the way that he kept looking underneath all the time and but it, it, but tino sinceri couldn't complete those either though actually no that's that's <laughs> see that's the difference yes tino sinceri would have been 10 of 40 for 100 yards and but here's, here's two, the thing like and i know college is not pro football but mason fine ran the air raid in college yes the guy can throw the guy can throw a lot let him do yes. it like <laughs> and, 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 and if he can't and, do it I don't at the know, pro like, level then we know we can't do it and you either adapt or you move on to someone else. Well, but I did find it interesting, and it was Glenn Suter actually making, as he worked the game with Dusty, uh, uh, Glenn making a couple good points, mm-hmm. uh, which, again, Glenn's been a bit of a mixed bag the last couple of years, but he really was able to key in on how, how long Mason Fine was looking at his receivers on his deep routes. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly, but then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Yeah. Uh, you, you can get away with that in college at the professional level. The second you lock eyes onto a guy for more than a split second, everybody's moving that way because they know exactly where you're going. So maybe the lights were just too bright and maybe Mason Fine wasn't quite himself, wasn't quite feeling comfortable. But, you know, if he's going to have any success, you can't you can't be staring down a receiver knowing you're going to go there. I mean, that's that's kind of quarter. And I don't pretend to ever be a quarterback. No. Uh, I mean, I had some moderate success in the Lloydminster Flag Football League for three seasons. But outside of that, <laughs> I had really good receivers. Um, but <laughs> but no, I, I, I think the problem is fine. And BC, and again, that defense is... I mean, uh, yes, the other side of it is the BC Lions deserve some credit for being oh. maybe the best defense in the CFL. Oh, just if not, maybe like two behind like Toronto or something. Right. Like, like it's just it's it, it's amazing how good that defense was like f- to hold Jamal Morrow. Mm-hmm. And again, you and I just watched this as as, as not coaches and, and just observers. Like I didn't think the offensive line looked as bad as they did at times last year. But no. to hold Jamal Morrow to less than a yard per carry. Mm-hmm. Like, that's pretty impressive. Like, that is yeah. some great game planning. That's some great strategy. And again, that's BC going, okay, Mason Fine, go ahead and beat us. And he couldn't do that. Yeah. And I mean, clearly, the you know, a lot of the passes Fine was supposed to work. They were hoping for Yak. And to BC's credit, they didn't give them Yak. No. So, <laughs> so well, and that, and that was it. That, that yeah. seemed to be, yeah, the game plan. Like, hope you throw to a guy and makes a play. And, you know, you've done your part in completing the pass, but. Goodness gracious, yeah. that defense was off the charts good. Yeah, no question about it. And I think that sort of, you know, Jamal Morrow and his one yard per carry, you know, this is where I don't think you can let Kelly Jeffrey and the offense off the hook um, was a few decisions that were made play call-wise. Oh, um, oh so many bad decisions. This third game. and two at their own 42, I believe, which I have defended Greg Dickinson on the fact that he went for it. They just yes. picked a very piss-poor play to run. That took when not only a running play when they were running well, but a sort of a long developing running play that didn't work out very well. Surprise, yeah. surprise. And then the second and five, basically with the game on the line at their own nineteen, I believe it was, and they dial up a run play and and even sooner after that was saying you could see Kelly Jeffrey upset that he made that call. It's like, well, yeah, no shit. You're running. <laughs> your running back is average one yard per carry this game. What are you doing? And your quarterback is throwing. You can prove he can throw three to five yards. Well, and that's exactly it. And I'll never understand. And again, I say this as a man that just is a a large watcher of football. Mm -hmm. Why the hell do teams go shotgun? I don't know. On third and short. And when you're right. And it's such, there's, I don't know. Like, I know it's a big thing where I think a lot of these quarterbacks just aren't used to going under center anymore because they generally don't in college. Right. And only a few really do with somewhat regularity in the NFL even anymore. So, but, but I understand. So put, but yeah, like on the five-yard play, sure. But when they needed two, like, yeah, I don't know. Especially on a third and two when yeah. you know you're running. Like, let's face it, in the CFL, if you can't get two yards, you're doing something wrong. Like, you can fall over and get a yard for free if, you're, if your offensive line gives a crap. But even at that point, so bring in Shea Patterson because Shea Patterson takes that hand off, right? Or like seven foot four, three hundred pound Jake Delagala, like because <laughs> they <laughs> brought exactly him, they brought him in earlier in the game because all year Shea Patterson had been the short yardage guy, 
And then that yep. seemed to be the on an even shorter package they brought in the bigger quarterback, which makes sense. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, two yards is six feet. Yeah, you can just fall over, reach out your arms, fall over, boom! You got you got two you got two yards there, eight feet tall, Jacob Dalagala. I mean, he's not quite you know he's not quite the height of my boy Taylor Cornelius, but you know, no, it 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 just it seems like such a mess, and you and I. Speaking of terrible coaching decisions, the the end of that game sequence <sighs> was horrible. Like that was just like a clinic on doing just about everything. Yes, wrong in a way. Like it started off so well. So there was, of course, the three and the third and two from the ten plus whatever it was. I don't remember the exact yard line. Yes, where you know, of course, Glenn Suter and a lot of people talking about take the points, take the points, take the points. Like, no, you are this close. Go for the first down. You you had not scored a touchdown all game. You absolutely positively need to score a touchdown yes. on this drive. So yes. credit Craig Dickinson. He went for it. For some reason they ran again. Jamal Morrow barely got it, but at least he got there. They right. got the first down. Three plays later, they kicked the field goal. And I'm just like, <laughs> what? If you're going, to, if you were absolutely in any scenario in your head, thinking at all about settling for three points and that, you do it earlier rather than later to save the clock. And you, you you do like, it you do it from the tenish. Yeah, if when had they, they went done it the first down. time, I would have been upset. But at least you could you could make somewhat the argument. Once you got the first down again, there was absolutely no argument to be made at that point to not go for that. That that was not three down territory. No, it, it, and and as it needs to be, right? Yeah. It's so much easier, especially in the CFL. You got to think you get a decent return. You're up to the thirty. Basically, with Brett Lowther, you're looking at getting to the 45, BC's 45 for a field goal, mm-hmm. right? Like a, a decent return, you're probably you're at, indoors. Yeah. The wind's not going to be much of a factor. Like that's 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 exactly it. You've got ideal kicking conditions. So yeah, to go for it, and then and then not only that, but then with enough time on the clock to kick it away and let your defense come out that has been great this game. You onside kick it and basically give BC winning field percentage with Sean White, who is far better than Brett Lowther this year. Yeah, like, like there are scenarios where, of course, you have to onside kick, and you course, and I are that both. That was not one of them. No, you and I are both fans of aggression. Yes, but when a field, if had it been, if it was a three point game at that scenario, I could live with an onside kick yep. because then, at worst, you give up the field goal, it's still a one possession game. Yes, if you give up the field goal in that scenario, then. It's a two possession game, so you you had to kick that one deep. Yes, and 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 your defense had been so good. Mm. And I mean, it basically to... was a two and out after that. It was a very short drive that BC had. There was time on the clock left had they kicked it deep. Yeah, exactly. But instead, you bring out Sean White, and he goes four for four, and and you know the game's over. So it was, and I I, I try not to read. And this goes back to our friend Greg, who's been on this program with the Piffles podcast. It says mm-hmm. I try not to read or listen. As I don't want other people's opinions creeping in subconsciously, right? And it is funny. Like, I was actually reading some stuff from the guys from Piffles today that, like, just questioning every decision and and is this going to be the end of Craig Dickinson? And I, I forget who. I, I It was either Alex or Saf that wrote this article. but I think it was Saf, yeah. That pointed out, like... Craig Dickinson's basically only here because of Chris Jones's evil plan to give everybody money. And he, you know, at first he made rookie mistakes and we like the aggression and we like the kind of, you know, leader he is, the room he runs. He seems like a great guy to go for a beer with, but like... And Nicomas Brown to be exact. That's exactly it. Guy's got good taste. So I just, he strikes me like 
I don't know if during the bye week you can like lock him in his house and make him play Madden all day. Because... Well, then he's going to think there's a fourth down. <laughs> hey, at least it's not Bart Andrews <laughs> saying you can punt on any down, right? Like, which again, you can because of the onside. In theory, punt. you can, yeah. Which, which sidebar, great. We saw two of them this past weekend, finally. Brilliant. I want to see more of that. That's a yeah. great, especially if you have some talented kickers. That's a great play, right? Mm-hmm. Keep guys on their heels. Go for it. Use those quirky CFL rules. We're all here for that kind of stuff. So it just, I don't know. It, 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 I, I, I don't think fine was very good at all. Moro wasn't no. very good at all, but you flip some of those coaching decisions and the defense maybe wins you a game. You shouldn't have won. Yeah. Right. Like, like they at least would have had the ball. Like, hypothetically, if you score from the six-yard line, kick it deep, you're at least getting a chance to get the ball back and, at worst case, tie it up. I'm not saying they would have scored from the six no, going and from like, on, on. that was that was sort of my thought process and the thing I said about it was, okay, dis- despite how poor the coaching was down the stretch of that game and a lot of the t- decisions they made in that game, it didn't necessarily 100% lose them the game because they still had no. to execute. And the way that g- game had gone, I wouldn't necessarily believed that they would have executed that what they needed to execute in order to pull off the win late. The coaches Unless... just the coaches just did not set them up for the best chance to win that game and that's when we're talking about press, process over results. Right. Now, okay. This goes back to my crazy conspiracy theory I debuted last week. The Riders, you know, haven't really made any trades. They haven't really done anything. Well, I mean, they signed a formal CFL interception leader this week. Right, right, right. But I mean, so they haven't. Thing. Right, that is a thing. But that's a guy that has probably already got a big chunk of his salary and bonuses and stuff this year. You probably got for cheap, right? This still leads me back. I still think there's smoke to the McLeod Bethel toxic fire. I don't think there is. I, I, I am gonna. I will <clears throat> probably die on this hill, and it'll be just like my Johnny Menzel takes. But, uh, uh, but hey, this, at least this one we'll forget about within a few months. <laughs> This one won't we won't be doing this podcast 10 years from now, and we'll still be making fun of you for saying that Johnny Manziel was going to win a great cop with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. <laughs> <laughs> or the Montreal Alouettes, whoever the hell he was with. No, it was it was, it was Hamilton. Hamilton. It was, it was Hamilton. that long ago. It was after he signed in Hamilton. And, and the fact that that joke spans almost a decade already and two different podcast shows just how horrific of a Fraser take that was. And I will stand I will I will stand by it that yeah it was a terrible fucking take but uh <laughs> at least the riders are getting some help maybe they yeah. have some guys that can turn i, I mean that three is yard one fine passes into yeah. something yeah i mean some key receivers were back at practice today and that's that's always good that's important i mean keon schaefer bacon baker maybe getting close to making his season debut is you know he appeared at practice today as did uh Brayden Linnaeus and jake winicky so i mean that's not nothing no, so no. The, the fa- if you can upgrade the receiving core and give Mason Fine better pieces, I don't think he's suddenly gonna, going to explode and become a legitimate setting quarterback in this league, but you could at least maybe survive to some degree, maybe. <laughs> you know, this reminds me of the take from last year when I said I'd have Taylor Cornelius over Cody Fajardo. <laughs> I, I, I think uh, now it has to be a meme that I wonder if Taylor Cornelius would ever be available. No. I mean, he, Even though, he, I mean, Chris Jones just seems to love the guy for some reason. I don't know. Second longest tenured starting quarterback in the CFL right now. I mean, that says a lot to sort of the state of what's been happening with the rest of the quarterbacks in the league, but it also says oh. a lot to what Chris Jones is doing as a head coach. But, hey, if if you don't block well as a receiver, you might get cut. <laughs> but if you can't complete a pass... 
don't worry. He'll keep starting. Oh, you're my guy. You got a big, sexy arm you throw with that flick of the wrist while a athletic, highly touted Canadian sits on the bench. All while, all while, and you brought this to my attention, the quote he made today about the PFF stuff. Mm-hmm. That, uh, I don't care about that PFF stuff. I need toughness. Like, yes, you don't care about a, an organization that makes their money off of grading players for almost every professional league in North America. Yeah. Although just don't go looking for the complete CFL stats because in the 20 minutes in which you were, you know, you were doing father duty while I sit in my basement while my kids are at a spray park, um, I was trying to look like I even had my credit card out. I was going to pay for it because I wanted to look at how the Riders offensive line graded out in that game against BC. But if you go to the PFF site, doesn't even acknowledge the CFL. <laughs> of course not. Like you've got the XFL, you got the USFL, and obviously you have the NFL. And it's even got like a tab that's like other leagues and how we do our business and blah, 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 blah. Uh, No, uh, there is nothing Hmm. about it. Yes, PFF. Uh, Um, Colin Kelly was apparently one of the top graded offensive linemen of the week. So, I mean, that's something. That's 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 all we know. Hey, I can. And I I believe I saw um, the guy who's like running the PFF CFL stuff. Uh, The interesting note to stick with the Maurice French stuff. Apparently his numbers are like the best when Taylor Cornelius has been throwing to him. So he's been like Cornelius' best receiver this year. But, hey, what what do we know? Yeah, I mean, obviously not as much as Chris Jones who can cut guys for, for, for not blocking. But mm-hmm. um, so what, what like what do they do if, if Mason Fine continues to be dog water? I, I mean, I think then you got to go to Jake Dalagala. Um, but we know – I mean, we know what coaches are like in this league. Yeah. Ottawa had two quarterbacks better than, you know, Nick Arbuckle, and it took injuries to him <laughs> and the other guy to maybe find their best guy to put in there. So, I mean, <laughs> like, yeah, realistically, I mean, if I would say if Mason Fine does not, he doesn't necessarily have to win this game, but if he doesn't take a step forward, if there isn't some sign of progress from him this week, then I think Jake's got to start the week after. Because I, I don't think Shea Patterson's there yet. Maybe, probably not. I don't know. No, but I no. think you you got to give the other guys a shot if Mason Fine's not going to give you the chance to win because you can't be like Chris Jones and doggedly keep throwing the same guy out there even though he's crap. Yeah, um, as much as I am more anti-fine that that Mason won't be fine than you are, um, I think you almost have to give him that that home game against Ottawa. I I sure. think even uh, uh, maybe I, the timeline isn't that tight, but there has to be some degree. Like if he if he regresses this week or looks the same. Then I think the question's up in the air. If even if he progresses just a little bit, you're like, okay, there is something that is potentially building here. If there's something that I can look forward to and thinking, okay, this guy is maybe going somewhere. Who knows how far where, but at least it's not this was the same or worse. Right, right. No, and, and I just think that, and I think I said it last week that, mm-hmm. and I've said it around work a lot. You could even have the second coming of Doug Flutie. And this would have been probably the toughest two game stretch they would have had for anybody. Yeah. Like, like, like you, you joke that, you know, here you are, you're, you're at BC, which probably has the best defense in the league. Yeah. And is, is a tough travel no matter what, usually, even though the riders have won there a bunch in a row when I hadn't really actually realized that, but yeah, neither had I, that but, was, uh, that but, was but really I mean, BC until last guess. year was pretty bad for a while too. So true. Yeah. 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 Especially after Michael Riley called it quits there. They went through a bit of a transition. Now, you basically have a night or two in Regina back mm-hmm. at home. Then you got to fly all the way to the East Coast. And because it's like neutral site, 
you know, touchdown Atlanta game. It's not, I don't think it's just your typical come in, you know, the day before the game, walk through and go. I'm sure there's a few other little commitments involved with that for the weekend, I assume. Which might be a blessing in disguise to kind of get you your body clock on Atlantic time a little bit. And at least yeah. it's 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 a two o'clock game. So, I mean, it's not like the BC games, right? So, I mean, there are, well, you know, you get a little hype around it. But I just I just think that even yeah, if Mason Fine here, is, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think even if Mason Fine is meh, I think you got to give him that Ottawa game. Well, if he's meh, like more, like a better degree of meh than last week. Yeah. Right, right. Because to me, if you give him, if you give him the Ottawa game, and he's dog water there again. You go to Dalagala, you're in Montreal, and then you, you get to host BC before going into a bye week, right? So, and a bye week in which they're going to, you know, coax McLeod Bethel Thompson out of CFL retirement. And then he'll come back. Maybe. I, I'm, I, I don't see it happening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd say... I would say that 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 we would make a wager on it for next time we see each other in person, but we are exceptionally cursed at that even these days. So, yeah, we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing like my kids getting sick before you know a planned Sunday visit to your place. So, um, otherwise, I I would make a wager, but it'll take until the Regina men's bonds bill before it'll pay off. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.